This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. A lot of times as us, as moms, as parents, dads, everybody, even adults just who are in the workplace where we get into this grind and we sometimes forget to take care of ourselves and do the things that we truly enjoy. And that doesn't mean you have to stop and just do it every single day for all the time. But if you set aside one to two hours each day, each week, where you can do something that makes you happy, everything else is just going to feel better. Hello, listeners. You are in for a real treat today. Today, it is my honor to interview Chelsea Memel. Chelsea is the recent best-selling author of Chelsea's Challenges, Life Lessons Learned from an Olympic Gymnast. That's right. If any of you are like me and, and love watching the Olympics or have watched USA Women's Gymnastics for the past 20 plus years, then you know Chelsea Memel. Chelsea has had a long and outstanding career in USA Gymnastics. She actually came onto the scene in 2003 and really uh, made a big splash that year, winning five medals, including the team and all around gold at the Pan American Games. And that same year, 2003, she competed in the world championships and helped the team secure the gold medal. That was just the start. She went on to receive numerous awards and in 2005, competed in the world championships again. And in that year, she was the first U.S. woman since 1994 to win the all-around gold medal. In 2008, she went to compete on the U.S. Olympic team in Beijing, China, and the team took home the silver medal. And then in 2012, she retired from the sport. She went on and got married the next year to her husband, Corey, and they have two beautiful children, Dashiell and Audrielle. In 2018, she started an online program called Chelsea's Challenges, hence the name of the book. And the purpose of that was to help motivate people to keep moving. And some of you may have seen her Chelsea Challenges on Instagram. We actually talk about them in the interview. And then in 2020, during the pandemic, she decided that she was going to compete again. And she went on to compete in the U.S. Classics and Championships in 2021 and participated in the Gold Over America Tour. In 2022, she said, enough of the competition. I'm going to retire again. And she accepted the position of high performance technical lead at USA Women's Gymnastics. So she currently coaches gymnasts. She works for USA Gymnastics. And she is a busy wife and mom where she lives in Wisconsin. A lot of things have happened in her life, and she has taken the experiences and lessons that she's learned and put them into this book. I'm going to leave it there because Chelsea talks about this more in depth in our interview, and I want to give you a chance to listen in and let Chelsea share her story. Hello, Chelsea. Welcome to It Just Takes One. It's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Well, we have made it. We have made it to the 
to the next stage. I will, will not say it's an end because sometimes <laughs> I think you get a book done and it's really just a beginning. <laughs> but you and I have been working together on this book for a while and we're finally at the point where we're going to get it out into the world. How are you feeling about that? I'm excited. It it was a long process, but um, no, I'm excited that we finally feel like it was ready to to put out there. Yeah, for sure. And it's actually a great place for us to begin because a lot of the listeners that are are tuning in and are following us often say, I hear it a lot, that they don't feel like they're writers. You know, they might be great at whatever they do and they're not writers. Mm -hmm. And it brings me back to when you and I first met. And one of the first things you said to me is, I'm a gymnast. I'm not a writer. (laughs) Do you remember that? I absolutely. I said that probably more than once. (laughs) (laughs) And so I want to share that because if the listeners are out there and they're thinking, I'd love to write a book, but I don't know how to write. And I don't think I can get it done. I want them to hear how you went through this and how you actually figured out the way to get this finished. So just share a little bit about how we went through this process and how you actually got it out onto paper. We did. Um, Yes, that was the thing I, I absolutely said, I am not a writer. I'm a gymnast. I'm good at other things. I love reading. I'm a very avid reader, but to put like all my thoughts coherently down in just a way that is fluid and makes sense and is easy on the brain, um, wasn't that, (laughs) but I started with recording instead of trying to write it down. I voice recorded, um, and just went through like chunks of time periods of starting at the beginning and just started at the very beginning of like my life and my gymnastics career and just started talking instead of, like I said, I think for me, that was very helpful because if I would have just started to try to sit and write, I think it would have taken longer and I would have gotten a lot more frustrated. So it was just talking and trying to like the, the things that sometimes I did write down would just be like, like a question, like start with this, or how did you feel about this? Or this was the next competitions talk about it as if it was being interviewed instead of just trying to talk to myself about myself. (laughs) As long as nobody hears, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You're actually talking, uh, sharing something that is one of our tools that we often give to people that if you're not a writer, you do get stuck sometimes between the thought and the actual putting it down onto the page. And so one way to, to get through that is what you did is just talk it. You know, if you're a talker and you can speak it out, then you can record it and then get it transcribed and then it can be edited from there. So that was absolutely part of the beginning of your process. And then we just took it and kind of figured out the pieces and tried to figure out what the, what the storyline was. And you settled on, sharing some of the life lessons, some of the things that you've learned through gymnastics that became what you would say are lessons in life. And what was it that kind of made you come to that? What are you you hoping to share with that message? I was just, I felt, I'm going to say, I felt so fulfilled after my journey and my comeback that I knew that there were things in there that people that might help people because I, I know that I gained a lot of like just followers and, you know, people who have reached out to me and saying, just thank you for sharing what you were doing. So I hoped by doing this, I could reach even more people. Or if the same people who had reached out 
got stuck in a rut or something to know that it's okay. And they have something else that they can look back on because it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's not a long book. It's, it's short and compact and it just, it gives you the lessons and challenges that I went through. So they could just pick it up and be like, she went through this too, or she went through something similar. So I was just hoping to, like I said, yeah, continue to, to help people even like on a broader can't think of that word, but what out beyond gymnastics, even really out beyond, beyond just the field Mm -hmm. that you've spent so much of your life in anybody. um, When you read this book, anybody who is interested in a great story, who loves to learn something when they read a book, is going to enjoy the lessons that you shared and hopefully take at least one of those and think about how they can apply it in their own life and, and make their life better for sure. One of the things that you did really well in the book, and I think is is also important for the listeners to hear is, you know, people hear Chelsea Memo, they, they've seen your success, they know your name, if they followed gymnastics at all in this, you know, <laughs> last 20 years, they know the name Chelsea Memo, they've seen the medals, they've seen the world championships, they've seen the Olympics. And I think there is this tendency that we have that when we see that, we we think that these people just have, you know, they they just have it all, right? They've they've got gotten to these amazing successes and and haven't had any challenges, that that they just have it all figured out. And one of the things you kind of just talked about and that you share in the book are some of the challenges that, you know, you, you become an overnight success after going through all these challenges for 20 years, right? <laughs> so tell us whatever comes to mind, because we didn't talk about this in advance. So just kind of whatever comes to mind, you share a few of them in your book, times where you were really challenged by something and and had to regroup and figure out how to keep going. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and share what comes to mind when you think of that sort of just off the top of your head, any of those challenges. Um, well, the biggest ones for the the regrouping and the, you know, redoing your whole goal and outline um, is injuries. I, you know, I've had many throughout my career and a few of them were very untimely injuries. You know, one of, well, not the first injury I've had, but, you know, being very close to, or during the Olympic year you know, close enough to the preparation time that you need to get ready for the Olympics. You know, that's super untimely. I've had, I tore my rotator cuff in my labrum in the middle of competition at world championships during the team final. Um, so I I've had some very big curveballs thrown my way, you know, in my sport. And I think people could relate to that. Even if they're not in a sport, if they're in life, you're more than likely going to get thrown a curveball at some point or another. And it's how you respond, how you come back and you regroup and you refocus. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have a couple of chapters. One of them is named, um, no matter how many times you fall, you have to get back up. And and it goes into some of those challenges. It's interesting because you just brought up that um, labrum tear when you actually tore the rotator cuff in competition. And, you know, when we were working on this book, I was watching all those videos. So anybody listening, you can go back on YouTube and see the competition where Chelsea actually had that injury. And in the competition, in the video, you would never know. You would absolutely have no idea anything happened. You were as smooth and effortless and beautiful as ever. And yet 
when you got down, you, you heard the pop while you were in, in route <laughs> in a handstand, yeah. and then got down and you know came off going, uh oh. Um, how, how have you been able to learn that skill of, yeah, I had an injury, but literally right in the moment, I have to keep going. <laughs> I have no idea. That is just sheer stubbornness of wanting to follow through and compete, you know, for myself and for the team. That was a team competition. You know, we gymnastics is very much an individual sport. So there's the very few times that you are able to come together and represent, you know, your team. And I was lucky enough to be you know, one of the few that got to compete for USA and be on the national team and be an elite and all compete together. Um, And those are some of my favorite kinds of competitions because we were doing it together. And it was just, I like, I'm going to finish. I don't want to let my team down. I don't want to let myself down. Like I've worked so hard to get to this point. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say for that, just like sheer stubbornness and determination of just wanting to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love that added piece of like, you, you've you got people relying on you on that team and you're, and you're kind of pushing through for yourself and for them together. And it, it, it you can see it. I mean, it's a, it's the, the sign of a professional, right? Someone that can just keep going and, and keep as if nothing happened, you know, keep finishing yeah. it off outstanding. Speaking of teams and and thinking about some of the teams that you've been on, you've obviously been to the Olympics, you've been to the world championships, you've been to, you know, numerous national competitions Mm -hmm. and things like that. If there's someone listening, that's thinking I'm a competitor and, you know, I'm, I want to be performing at the level that you've performed, (laughs) that you've been at what are some of the things that you would share with somebody? And maybe it's gymnastics or maybe it's some other sport, or maybe it's just somebody that's trying to be world-class in whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them based on what you've learned in your career? What I've learned, I mean, the biggest thing that helped me for that is having a training plan. Mm -hmm. If you want to get at the top of a sport or at something else, I feel like the best thing you can do is write a plan. And that's, you know, that's how we worked. That's how my dad and I, when he was my coach worked, that's how both other coaches I worked. It was just, we always had that ultimate goal of the Olympics. And then we worked, we worked back from there Um, and always like the lead up. So, you know, it's the Olympics are pretty much a four year plan. So that's the end goal. The the year before that, you're going to want to make the world championship team. And the year before that, same thing, you're going to want to make the world championship team. But then there are lead up competitions to that. You have to, you know, qualify to the elite level first, and then you have to go to the classics and the championships. So all of those things, those were like the outline and the time. And then it was like, okay, how do I need to build myself and my body and my mind to prepare to be ready for each of those competitions? What kind of skills do I need? How do I put them all in my routine together that's going to maximize my talents? Um, so I guess that, that for me is the biggest thing is, is having a plan, figuring out what your end goal is and then working back from there to see how you can make it happen. Yeah. So good. 
you also brought something up in there that I want to make sure we spend some time talking about, which is your dad as your coach. Um, you actually start the book. I, I opened it here because I thought, well, if it works in, I'd love to share some of the some of the book. And I actually highlighted it. So I'm actually going to read this really quickly. And then we can talk about the role of your dad in, and your family mm-hmm. in your career. Uh, this is literally the first paragraph of the book. And it says, you might not know this, but both of my parents were gymnasts. They worked in a club and eventually opened their own facility, which explains a lot about how I became a gymnast. I was literally in the gym from the time I was one week old. In fact, I did my first flip on the trampoline as a baby in my dad's arms. (laughs) So obviously gymnastics runs in your family. It is a family event for you. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the role that your family has played. Obviously your dad as your coach, but even your mom and your sisters and everybody that's played into it. What, what is it like to have your family involved in your career the way you you've had it? Uh, It's phenomenal. Awesome. Just all, all of those wonderful words. It, Truly, I believe it takes a village, especially if you have these really high goals and aspirations. It's easier to do when you have a team of people around you that support you 100% and are going to help you get through those rough times because there's going to be those like without question. Um, So to have that kind of family support constantly um, was the reason I got to where I was. Um, cause we talked, we touched on the injuries too. Those were really tough times physically and mentally you are, you can, you know, come back from that just like shattered. Like, is this the end of my career? Can I, am I going to be able to keep going? Um, so to have that kind of support system that helps you, well, first of all, lets you have those feelings and be like, that's, they're valid. They're completely valid. Like, yes, this really sucks. But now how are we going to get through this? And do you still want to do that? Is that your goal still? And if I say yes, then they're like, all right, we'll figure it out. You, It's just a, a bump, a small bump, a big bump, a huge bump, but it's a bump in the road. And how are we going to get over it? We talked about that as we were going through and working on the chapters where we were, when you, you actually had your asked your dad if he would be your coach and um we talked about it just because I always say my first coach was my dad as well. And anybody that's out there listening that that has had their parent as a coach knows what you're talking about. What were some of the, you, you just described some of the great things mm-hmm. about, you know, having your family around you. Were there any challenges? There are any moments where you struggled with having your dad as your coach or having your family around you? Um, there, there are some. But, you know, we we figured out because he started coaching me again when I was 16 um, and I had already been through an Olympic cycle, um, you know, so I kind of knew knew what it was all about. And I had just come back from a huge disappointment of just miss, missing out on the team. Um, and when we started, he was like, you know, this is going to be on a week to week basis because we both don't know how this is going to go and how we're going to work together. And it's like, that's fair. Um, and we did set some ground rules right away. Like the gym is a gym and home is home. Um, and just setting those kind of boundaries was very helpful. Like saying, we are not going to talk about gym at home. If you have a bad day at the gym, we're going to leave it there. And if we are at home and one of us does want to talk about something, 
we need to ask and then respect if they say yes or no. Um, so having that line and those boundaries was very helpful. Um, but of course, there was times in the gym where I'm like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times if that happened, I would go over to mom and be like, mom tends to be kind of a jerk and she'd come out and get in the middle of it. <laughs> um, and, you know, and there was times for him that he needed to walk away too. So it's just, you know, learning your boundaries too and learning that it's okay sometimes to just take a breath and walk away for a minute to let you both cool down. Um, I think that's better for everybody in the long run sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, really having those like I said, like the boundaries that we both agreed on was very helpful. Yeah. Your second chapter in the book is actually called Sometimes Our Parents Do Know What's Best. <laughs> and you described some of that. Um, you also mentioned just there uh, the moment your dad became the coach after you had had the, the Olympic mm -hmm. moment. And I'm going to let the listeners read that. I want you guys to to purchase the book and read how she describes the moment, Chelsea, when you found out that you were not going to be on that team, an incredibly poignant moment for sure. But in 2020, you decided, I think I might come back and try the Olympics again this time, <laughs> Why not? Um, which is which is when you kind of came back into the national spotlight again and made this huge thing. But I want to talk about it because there's so many pieces to it that are so incredible. One being that when you made that decision, you had been out of gymnastics for a while, Com the competitive piece, you've always yeah. been in it, uh, yeah. but the competition piece, and yeah. also you had become a mother. So share with the listeners a little bit about coming to that decision and what that was like, given those two things that had really made a big difference in your life. Yes, there was, it was a big, yeah, I was a big change, a completely different Um stage in my life than when I was a kid and I was training in gymnastics was the sole focus and everything else in my life revolved around how it was going to affect my gymnastics. Um, and that it, it's, well, again, it, it always goes back. It started with a pandemic. Um, but well, I guess before that, I was just looking for a way to start getting in shape after I had my daughter. And I always feel I'm getting better now, but I always felt out of place in other like just workout gyms. Um, and then I thought too, well, I'm already in the gym coaching. I know how to condition. I know how to train. I know how to work out like a gymnast. Why don't I start here? Um, and I did, I just started stretching and working out and conditioning with the group of girls that I was helping coach at the time. And that's when the Chelsea challenges started. And that's when those like lit that competitive, like fire in me. Um, Cause it had been a long time. Like I hadn't competed in eight years probably. And just doing those, it was like, Oh, well, this is kind of fun again. <laughs> um, so then we just started doing challenges more. And the more we did them, the more I started conditioning because I wanted to be better. <laughs> and it just kind of kept going. And then, so I was just conditioning, working out. I really wasn't flipping or doing gymnastics, but I was just, I was having fun in the gym conditioning. And then when, when the pandemic hit, I was in decent shape, but then I was running a ton of our zoom workouts. So I was in even better shape because I was just conditioning and working out all the time. 
And then it was just that feeling of, I was so sad because the gym was empty. And I was like, this is just this like beautiful gymnastics facility that we're cleaning and doing all of this work on and no one can be in here to enjoy it. And I honestly, too, I struggled. I I went struggled so much going back and forth if I should start posting when I was doing gymnastics because so many people didn't have that opportunity. Um, but I did. And then I just, I was getting so much positive from it that people were like, like, thank you for sharing this. I was like, okay, I'll keep going. Um, so I just started doing more and more gymnastics. And then I started planning my days and the workout times and how we were going to work out conditioning wise with how I was going to do my gymnastics and see how my body would respond. Um, so that part of it was really fun. And it, there was never like this one moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I just kept fighting it. Cause I'm like, I am, I'm, I'm a little bit older than I was before. I have two kids and I'm just doing this for fun. Like that was the whole reason to start with. Like I was doing gymnastics for fun. And the other biggest reason was because it was the only thing I felt like I had control over when the world was kind of going crazy and it helped keep me sane. Like that was my thing. Like I knew I could go in and I could do gymnastics and I had to focus 100% on it because you have to focus when you're flipping in the air. Um, So that was like my mental escape when we didn't know like what was going to happen, like with the world, with the business, you know, because we're not an essential business. We're a great business where it's fun, where everybody can do it. Um, So that for me was like a lifesaver. And I think there's so many great lessons just in that, you know, of finding your happy place when things are not in your, you know, the stuff that you can't control, control the controllables, um, you know, keep working, keep moving forward, keep growing. And I think about it too, you know, just if there's a, a mom who's out there who is feeling like, well, I've got my kids now and, you know, maybe, maybe that's sort of the end of any of my own dreams or end of any of my own opportunities. And, and you were showing them absolutely not. Right. And I see you shaking your head. <laughs> so I know this is part of your passion of like working and telling moms that they can do this. So go ahead and share what you would like them to hear from you about that. Well, that for me, that part of it, I didn't know I was missing until I was doing it. So, you know, I had my son in 2015 and my daughter in 2017, and I started working out more. But then when I started actually setting aside time to go into the gym and do that stuff for me, and like I said, it was a pandemic that pushed it, but then I just noticed things like changing a little bit, even more just with my mentality, Um, because I'm generally a happy person and I have a pretty good outlook on life, but I noticed that it was just all coming even easier and that I was more present when I was at home and with my kids. And it was because I was setting aside that time and it wasn't absolutely every day, but I was setting aside aside time weekly where I was doing something that was 100% just for me and something that I enjoyed and loved doing. And it, like I said, it just made a huge difference on like everything. And I, like I said, it was just, 
also really eye-opening because I, I said like I didn't know I needed that until after I was started doing it. And then I was like, well, why wasn't I doing this sooner? Because it just it 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 filled me up more. And like I said, it it just made everything better. Um, so I think sometimes I don't think I know a lot of times as us as moms, as parents, dads, everybody, even adults just who are in the workplace where we get into this grind and we sometimes forget to take care of ourselves and do the things that we truly enjoy. And that doesn't mean you have to stop and just do it every single day for all the time. But if you set aside one to two hours each day, each week, where you can do something that makes you happy, everything else is just going to feel better. And that is one of the big messages that I wanted to get across because I feel like that is so important. Yeah, I agree. And it's such a great message for all of us, you know, to sometimes I think, especially as women and as moms, we're, we're given this pressure by culture or society that, you know, taking time for yourself is selfish and somehow wrong and that we're supposed to feel guilty or not do it. And, and I'm so in agreement with you. I love that message um, because it is what makes us better in every part of our life. So whether that's gymnastics or working out or writing a book or riding your bike or dancing to a great song or whatever it is for you, um, do it because as it fills you up, like you said, it it makes everything else better. The other thing that you touched on, which I think we should mention because it really ties into the book, is during that time when you were at the gym, you started Chelsea's Challenges. So mm-hmm. Tell us, for anybody who isn't following you on Instagram and doesn't know what those are, share what those are, because it is actually the title of the book. <laughs> it, it is the title of the book. And it was so funny, yeah, just how that happened. But it there are conditioning challenges. Um, a lot of them are gymnastics-based challenges, but they're just, they're conditioning challenges. We started doing them weekly um, as a way to just motivate some of the girls in the gym and bring some fun into conditioning because it might not always be fun. Um, but for me, I, I just know that when you're in the gym and you're a role model and when you're a coach, it's a lot easier sometimes for the kids to get into it if you bring in the energy. Um, and I feel that like wholeheartedly. So if I am all in on this competition, they're going to buy in a little bit easier than if you're just saying, hey, this is what we're doing. All right, let's go. Um so that's, you know, that's just kind of how they started. And, and like I said, they just kept going and I just kept getting competitive. And it was so funny because after the first couple one, one of the, I don't even know what number one of them I did and I completed it, you know, because I'm competing against a teenager and the camera's on. And then I was like, well, maybe I should add this one, you know, into my weekly workout. And I could not get through it. Hmm. A couple days later, I was like, whoa. That was humbling because <laughs> it was like you you see how much sometimes that competitiveness and the camera and that little shot of adrenaline will give you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, maybe I got to work harder. Um, so, and I've continued to those, do those, not quite <laughs> as on schedule, but I still, we still do them because they're still just a fun way to, or I say fun a couple of times, but a fun way to bring a little bit more fun into conditioning. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they are. If you if you haven't watched them, get on Instagram, follow Chelsea. You'll see them on there, um, and they're always something unique, sort of a funny twist on something that you might have seen before, and you know something that's a little bit more challenging. And if you are somebody who can try it, go for it. <laughs> yes, or at please. least try some level of it because it's yes. fun, fun to challenge yourself. So that kind of brings us to where you are now. Um, went back, tried for the 2020 Olympics, didn't quite make that, but ended up opening some doors to some new Mm -hmm. things. So share a little bit about what you're doing now. What I'm doing now. Well, I'm still active in the gym. Um, I still play around with skills. I'm just not actively training for anything. Um, But I love, I just, I love conditioning. I love being active and it's it's so funny how your attitude shifts sometimes when you get older. I wish I had appreciated conditioning this much when I was younger, but it's, it's, it's fun when you explore and you learn and you grow. Um, so I love this new like mind shift change. Um, still very busy being a mom and my kids are growing up and it's so fun to watch them. I get to go to their meets now. I'm a gym mom, which is, which is crazy. So it's really fun watching them explore gymnastics and also other sports. Um, and then I'm more involved now with, with USA gymnastics and the high performance technical lead. So I go to all of the major competitions. I go to all of the camps. Um, I'm enjoying the role very much. It wasn't something that I, you know, would have foreseen to be in my future, especially like right now. Um, but it's a very awesome way to stay involved so much in this sport. And if I can, you know, help guide these new women coming up and, you know, if they can learn from some of what I've gone through as an athlete, um, and I can just help them, then I think it's great. Yeah. And there are some incredible gymnasts coming up. We were talking about it just a little bit before we got on the call, um, about Leanne, Leanne Wong, who, Mm -hmm you've been working with, and she actually has a book coming out soon as well. And some of the other young women that are competing out there. One of the things I asked you, and let's share it because it's here. um, I asked you what it was like now, because you're on the other side, you know, you're coaching and Mm -hmm. not competing. Um, Do you see gymnastics evolving? Do you see their skills being a different level than what you were competing at and your group when you were competing? Like, what do you see as the changes that are happening right now in women's gymnastics? Yep. Some of the skills are the same, you know, similar and the same, um, but there is difficulty that is continuing to be added and it is evolving. I think it's going to continue to be evolving. Um, but it is, it, it is amazing to see that. And it is amazing to see the difficulty continue to push the boundaries. Um, I mean, especially with Simone, cause she is just outstanding <laughs> at, at pushing that limit. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I do, I, I love seeing it and I love seeing there's a big emphasis on the, like the artistry and the p- performance quality. So we're seeing a lot of the people trying to work on that to make it even more of a performance than it has been. And I think that's also really amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch. Um, I've just been seeing some of the videos that I've uh, seen recently on some of the competitions. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, gymnastics is always a fun sport to watch, uh, but it is nice to see these young girls getting out there and just bringing it to a new level and, you know, adding, adding to 
what has always been a great sport. I agree. That's awesome. So as we come to a close here, I want to actually share um, the last, since I read the first paragraph, I'm going to actually read the last couple paragraphs of the book, because I think it kind of sums up a lot of what we just talked about here. And it mm -hmm. sums up a, a lot of what's in the book. And it, and it reads like this. From doing flips on the trampoline in my dad's arms to competing in the Olympics, I was lucky to have all of these ingredients for success. Now, with a different life ahead of me, I face a new type of unknown. I am not wondering if I will make the Olympic team anymore. I am learning to be a coach, parent, and professional every day in very unexpected ways. I will look to follow the lessons that have graced my life so far as I continue to grow. And I hope these lessons can be of use to you, too. Wherever you are in your journey, I want to challenge you to step up, follow your dreams, and don't be afraid to reach for the stars. You can do it. Just go for it. Love it. <laughs> um, the message that you bring, Chelsea, is, I think, such an important one, way beyond the gym and gymnastics and even competitive sport. Um, the idea that there are lessons that we can take from everything that we experience in life and share to help other people grow. And so thank you so much for taking what you've learned and sharing it with all of us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for helping me get to this point. <laughs> now, the, now, the, now the fun begins. Now we get to get that book out here on a new level. So with that, if somebody is interested in getting the book, Chelsea, where can they get it? They can get it on Amazon. That Terrific. I will make sure the link to it is below. So if you just want to click and get it, I'll have it in the show notes. And Chelsea, if they want to follow you, where can they find you? Um, they can follow me on Instagram. That is at cmemel23. Facebook, cmemel, all of the things. Twitter, I'm not as active on there, but I'm also still on there. Any of the YouTube, I don't really post anymore, but if there, and all of those backlogs are on there. And that was, that was fun journey to share. Yeah, it's a great, great to go back and look at all of those. So again, listeners, I'll put all of that in the show notes for you to see. And as we come to the end, we call this podcast, It Just Takes One, because it takes one moment or one experience or one person, and it can open up doors or change your life in ways you couldn't have expected. So I'm just curious. I love to hear this answer. For you, Chelsea, what does It Just Takes One mean? Really just one step. It just takes one step to start something and then just keep taking that one step and keep going. You can improve a little bit each day. Nothing has to happen quickly and overnight, but if you just are taking the one step at a time, you can get there. Fantastic. Well, you keep taking your steps, keep sharing what you've got with all the gifts that you have with the girls that you're working with now and with your family. And uh, we look forward to seeing what happens next. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. As we come to the end of this episode, I just want to reiterate that even though it's incredible to see what Chelsea has accomplished in her life through her gymnastics career on the world stages and the incredible competitions that she's won and medals that she's achieved. 
still, she is a busy woman, a busy mom, just like so many of us. And the lessons that she shares in her book, lessons that she has learned through her career as a competitive gymnast, are lessons that all of us can take with us, that all of us can use as we go through our lives. Things like be ready for anything. No matter how many times you fall, you have to get back up. When the going gets tough, keep going. Go at your own pace. Savor the goosebump moments. Don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone. Remember that you have a team, a team around you, like your family, who make the dream work. And maybe one of our most important lessons, make time for you. When you're better, you help all those around you to be better. And I think that's a great takeaway from what Chelsea's given us today. So with that, I'm going to bring this episode to an end. Thank you, as always, for joining us on It Just Takes One. And if you or anyone you know is interested in writing a book, please reach out to us at scripterpublishinggroup.com. We can talk through where you are and what you need to do, and we'd love to work with you to get you from dream to published.